Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. any upset 
you know. So we just pray that, you know, everything went well and, you know, everybody was talked down. Maybe they got to McDonald's, maybe they didn't. But, uh, you know, you just don't know what's going to upset people these days. And our young people is what we were talking about yesterday. And we then spoke about this 16-year-old driver who was in a fatal crash here in New York. And unfortunately, where four other young people, children, were killed. Yes. But for some reason, you know, little Malik Smith had this, not only did he have the passion for driving, but clearly he was allowed to drive. You know, and his mother and his father and his sister and his brothers and, you know, these other people, you know, really warned him continually, you know, not to drive because he didn't have a license, he didn't have a permit, and, you know, they warned him that he would, you know, get in trouble because people get in trouble. You know, you get pulled over, you get in trouble. And unfortunately, you know, I don't know if it was more unfortunate that he didn't want to listen or it was more unfortunate that they didn't do anything to stop him, clearly. Because, you know, when you listen to this news story of the father talking and, you know, telling him, you know, well, we told, you know, telling the news reporters, you know, we talked to him, you know, the people in the family. It was just, just this, this, this conversation that seemed to just have gone on and on and on repeatedly with no escalation of any punishment or, or anything. It was like this car was still, or whatever cars, was still made available to him somehow or another. You know, he drove from Brooklyn out to Scarsdale to pick up the children. Then they went to shop at a mall in New Jersey and on his way back to Scarsdale to drop the children home. It seems that that's when the accident took place. And only one child survived and the rest, as young as eight years old, were killed in this car accident. And, you know, I just pray that this is the last time we hear something like this. Because this was definitely a preventable, definitely a preventable accident. And this family is really affected and you know resets of, of of you know of this family you know three sets of the family and you know if any of these parents or adults could have prevented this I wish they really would have because to hear that someone as young as eight was murdered actually, in a car, 
driven by a 16-year-old, it, it really was a sad state of affair. And, you know, we, we really need to definitely, you know, address these things that we can. You know, sometimes kids are out there doing things that we have no idea of. So, just wanted to kind of recap that. Oh, let's see. Well, we started out talking about these young people and their mischievous ways. But then the church folk question came up. What are some of the things that we have seen, you know, uh, happen in the church that could have been prevented and, you know, that parents are sitting right there and they have seen and, ooh-wee, if I get some information, I mean, I mean, oh, my, 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 it's a couple of things I never even heard of. So, you know, we want to, <laughs> we want to go back and listen to yesterday because I do believe that, you know, there are some things that, you know, we really can prevent. So, you know, ask the pastors. They surely know about some strange things that have gone on in the church. And did they talk about it yesterday? And it may not have been like big things to, to other people, but they were just like, wow, things for me. We're going to get to talking this morning with our ladies and want to remind you just to go back and listen to yesterday because it was, I mean, it was funny. Boy, did we laugh. Did we laugh? Did we laugh? Did we laugh? We want to say good morning to you. Because it is a Wednesday. Yes, we have been ushered into the middle of the week. God has been so good to us. There are so many things we have to give God thanks for. And we want to make sure that we give him thanks. We don't want to, you know, make it more of hump day. Then we do Wow Wednesday because Wow Wednesday kind of sets the tone for the rest of the week. You know, we didn't have two wonderful days here on this due time with Pastor Steph, and we want to make sure we enjoy the rest of the week. So, you know, let's uh, let's get our morning started. Let's go get that healthy breakfast. Let's go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever we do, make sure you don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. If you think dangerous blood clots can't happen to you, 
think again. Up to 900,000 men, women, and children are affected by blood clots each year, and about 100,000 die from them. Blood clots don't discriminate. You or a loved one could be at risk right now. The good news is blood clots can be prevented. Knowing the risks and symptoms are key. Major risks for blood clots include a family or personal history of blood clots, a recent hospitalization or surgery, pregnancy and cancer and its treatments. Symptoms of a blood clot in the legs or arms can include pain, swelling and skin that is warm to the touch, red or discolored. Symptoms of blood clots in the lungs include difficulty breathing, chest pain that worsens with a deep breath or a cough, coughing up blood and a faster than normal or irregular heartbeat. Speak with a doctor about your risk for blood clots and seek medical attention if you have any symptoms. On average, one person in the United States dies of a blood clot every six minutes. Don't let that be you or someone you know. Stop the clot. Spread the word. Learn more at stoptheclot.org slash spread the word. Topic, 
And the authors, you know, I actually was reading it last night, and I was like, oh, well, wait a minute. I didn't know all of this. I did not know all of this. So I decided to talk about it this morning. Vivian will not be bringing us our socially conscious segment this morning. We're going to make a little shift today. And, you know, my my hope is that we are a little more well-versed on some things than we might be. You know, we had a conversation last week with our men, and I think that it kind of alerted me that we're not as on point with some things that we we might need to be. So, I did a little research last night, and I came across some information, and I'm looking here, and I'm seeing that there were many levels and types of sexual violence. So, I want to go through some of these things, because we got some things to talk about this morning with the ladies. So... You have stranger rape, something they call stranger rape, and that is rape or sexual assault perpetrated by someone unknown to the survivor. So I have to tell you, going through this list, there were things I had never even heard of. I didn't know this stuff was broken down the way it was. I didn't know that. You know, there were categories. I, I I did not know. So I definitely got me a little lesson last night. So I've never heard of stranger rape. And, again, that's rape or sexual assault perpetrated by someone unknown to the survivor. You have blitz sexual assault, and that's the perpetrator rapidly and brutally assaults the victim with no prior contact. And they say blitz assaults usually occur at night in a public place. You have contact sexual assault, where the perpetrator works to gain trust and confidence before assaulting. You have home invasion sexual assault, which... You know, that's the perpetrator breaks into the home and commits the assault. You have acquaintance rape, and that's kind of coming under one general umbrella that's used to describe sexual assaults where the survivor and the perpetrator are known to each other. And... So, you know, this is just whether it's an acquaintance or someone the person knows intimately, and they say that this particular rape, the acquaintance rape, is the most common form of rape. Okay? You then have 
child sexual abuse, and it's pretty much self-explanatory, you know, whether it's fondling or penetration or even masturbation in the presence of a minor. So it, it can get pretty broad in that area. You have statutory rape, which is an unlawful intercourse with a minor, and you have spousal or partner rape, which is one of the hardest rapes to uh, push, actually, from the victim because, again, this is spousal or partner rape. So this is a person that you're in a relationship with and you as the victim feel that you've said no and you've let your partner or spouse know and at the end of the day, you know, some some courts don't feel you have the right to say no because you're the partner. But that is a form of rape, incest, where there's, a, there's sexual abuse by a family member, most likely like a, a, you know, a cousin or, you know, an uncle or siblings, parents, you know, any family member there documenting and listing as incest. You have serial rape, and they say that this is the most sensual, sensationalized, excuse me, form of rape. They say because the frequency, the frequency is some gruesome nature. And they're saying that this rapist, is will come back over and over and over again. Whether it's you, whether it's someone else, but there's just this person who's just kind of making his way around. They say, or her, you know, they've been known. Women have been known to and been accused of this as well. Substance facilitated rape, and that's anything that occurs when alcohol or drugs are involved, you have multiple perpetrator gang raping where there is, you know, one victim or, you know, maybe a set of victims sometimes, but there are multiple perpetrators. You have sexual harassment where you have someone who is constantly victimized verbally, not necessarily, you know, any physical touching. And you have date rape, which is, we've talked about this here before on its due time, and that's when, you know, you're out on a date with someone and, you know, the rape takes uh, place. And the person is not necessarily a stranger, but you've agreed to go out with this individual. So those are all the different forms of, you know, sexual violence that, you know, 
people experience. You have some men, some women. It's not all men who are the perpetrators. You know, of course, the higher, you know, when they do the statistics, the the higher amount of perpetrators are male. So, unfortunately, you know, that's how it's weighed. Here's the biggest problem. You know, some of these rapes or sexual violence um, acts are harder to push in court, harder to push in families, harder to push when you're talking to people. You know, when a person is victimized, you know, you can't tell a victim that they weren't victimized. It's, it's really an individual thing. And unfortunately, when you, you know, if it gets to a point where they make a criminal uh, complaint, it's not always received as criminalistic. And now you have the person victimized all over again. And, you know, what do you do at that point? As a victim, what do you do at that point? You know, do you continue to try to push? You know, do you put yourself through this agony of trying to, you know, explain to people this happened or I took it this way? And you'll understand, you know, for those of you who may not know where I'm going with this, you know, I... uh, I took it that way. You can't tell me how to take it. This is really, really, really a bad, a bad issue here. And last week, we did a story. On Friday, we did a story. And I'm going to pull it up now. I want to actually go over the story with our ladies and kind of see what they think of this issue, this story, and we'll discuss, you know, what the men talked about and what they said and how they felt and All that good stuff. All that good stuff. So, here's the story. So, a Dutch court convicted a man for stealthing, which is a removal of the condom during sex without his partner's consent. So, stealthing is when two people have decided that, you know, upon this sexual intercourse, that it's agreeable from the beginning that you would wear a condom. However, during the course of the sexual encounter, he takes off the condom without the partner knowing. And this came up 
in a Dutch court. So they convicted him of doing so, and (laughs) this is a 28-year-old man and another woman, was ha- or a woman was having sex, and he, you know, removed the condom. She had no idea. And the next day, he texted her and said to her, you know, I took off the condom while we were having sex. I just want you to know, but you'll be fine. And this ended up going to court. Well, although they convicted him, this court also acquitted the man of a rape charge because they said that because it was the, the, the sexual act itself was consensual, they cannot say it was rape. They did not agree that it was rape. So the judge found the actual, you know, agreement between the two of them, you know, it was wrong that he took off the, you know, off the the condom, but would not charge him with rape and ended up suspending a three-month prison sentence and then charged him a thousand seven almost eleven hundred dollars fine for damages. It doesn't necessarily say what what the damages what that dollar amount went who that money went to, so it appears more as though it went to the courts opposed to the victim, so they say that. This was the first in the Netherlands, but there was another case somewhere else where a 26-year-old guy was convicted, but at another area of this act, they acquitted him because, again, the, the actual act was consensual. And they say that he didn't force her to have sex with him. And then even went as far as to backtrack and acquit him because they said that he didn't force her into unprotected sex. Okay. They both agreed that they would have sex with the condom. But when he took the condom off, the courts are saying that he didn't force her to go into any level of unconsensual sex. So they say that (laughs) that's where they landed. Well, you have the attorney who's saying, listen, as soon as the sex takes place, where the person removes the condom, it's against their will. And there's no coercion, even though it's against someone's will. But there's no coercion. And if someone finds out afterwards 
that the agreement wasn't kept, it's still not coercion. Okay, maybe we need to look up coercion and what that means. So they're saying that although, you know, this has become really a huge behavioral pattern for men, that they are still not at the point where this is a punishable crime. So they are deeming it a crime, but it's not a punishable crime. And they cited a 2018 case where a police officer was convicted of sexual assault in Germany. He received an eight-month suspended sentence for the Stealthing Act, and he was ordered to pay about 3300 in damages. So the habit seems to be that we'll charge you, we'll convict you, we'll charge you, but we're going to suspend the prison side of it, but you have to pay the damages. So the question comes up, well, who exactly, who eats this, you know, or not who eats it, but who gets this, this money? You know, if it's just going to the court, then what does the victim actually get outside of embarrassed? Because now you didn't told your story, and now the courts are, you know, they're kind of making light of what's happened to you. So when you look at this list of what we gave in the beginning as sexual violence, this comes up. This particular type comes up, and you can consider it acquaintance rape. It comes up under that. It comes up um, under a couple of different categories. So we had this conversation with the men, and I, I wanted to actually see what the ladies would have to say, and then we'll discuss how the men um, you know, how they weighed in on this whole thing. So let's talk to our ladies and see what they have to say about this particular situation. So let's talk to and say good morning to our Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Elder Nitisha. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am well. I am no well. complaints at all. Yes. My sisters and all of our listeners. All righty, all righty. Well, we're so happy that you're on with us this morning. So what do you think of this issue of stealthing, um, the fact that it does go to, it has been in court, and there's been a, you know, waived sentence? Nobody served any time. There's been a fee to, you know, pretty much to the courts, you know, as as little as eleven hundred, as much as thirty three hundred dollars. What's your thought? 
I'm sorry. Is the question is my thought around whether stealthing is rape or what is the question? No. What do you just think about the case itself? You know, uh, the news story cited two cases. Right. You can talk okay. about what you feel about stealthing. Well, that definitely I want to know about. You know, we want to know about that. But also how okay. these two cases actually, you know, ended up. Right. How they land on me. Um, I, you know, so for me, right, so I, I am a, a sexual assault, uh, assault survivor, child sexual abuse. And so um, this issue is, is really um, an important issue. So thank you for having us discuss this today. Um, you know, I, I'm reminded of what the definition of rape is. And so when you're looking at it through the eyes, I guess, of law, the definition of rape is the penetration, no matter how slight um, of the vagina or anus with any body parts or objects or oral penetration by a sexual organ of another person without the consent of the victim. So it starts off with the penetration. So when, when like listening to you describe the facts of the case, could this actually be um, considered rape? No. Is it a violation of her rights? Yes. Was she forced into unprotected sex? Yes, she was. She agreed to having sex under a specific um, understanding, and that is that we would not exchange bodily fluids per se by usage of the condom. That is what she agreed to. The moment he removed the condom without her knowledge or her consent, he violated her civil rights, actually. He violated her rights. And so I think based on that, absolutely, there is a penalty that should be, um, that should be, that, that he should have to pay. Um, and I think, you know, at whatever money they get from him should be going to the victim for her distress, for he, her, you know, any emotional distress that it may cause her um, as a result of that. I do think that, I do think so. I believe that, I do believe that she was violated. Um, even if she wasn't violated by the definition of rape itself, she was definitely violated because she entered into an agreement. And so the same way that people can have a contract and if the contract is broken, the other person can sue them, can take them to court to sue them, she has the exact same rights. And she should be compensated for the fact that she has had to be put in this position. He should be paying her lawyer fees, like all of that. So $1,100 is not enough because you can't tell me that, that that covers her lawyer fees and then compensates her but have to take off work in order to be to court. Like all of this is unnecessary if you had not violated my trust. That's my thought. All right, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're going to uh, talk to our girl, Lady Tamika, and... You know, she had her say last week, but this is a brand-new conversation. So we're going to get uh, her weigh in on this particular case as well. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. 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 Good morning.
Good morning and happy Wow Wednesday to you. Ah, oh, happy Wow Wednesday to you as well. How are you over there? I am well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. Uh, how do you weigh in on this particular uh, stealthing issue, the cases that were cited, and the results, you know, how these things uh, worked out in court? What say you? I, I think that for many years, um, I would say that our male counterparts don't see uh, this this type of situation um, as important. You know, I, I listened to the conversation um, on Friday, and my mouth was completely, you know, wide open. No, 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 just give, just give your, just give your opinion. Okay. Um, but I, I just think that they don't realize the seriousness, just men in general don't realize the seriousness of that. You know, um, if I say no, then, you know, that causes the stop. The only issue with that also is that you do have um, some situations where, um, you know, some women will play a game, you know, and I, it, that's another area. You know, when we open up this this area, there's a big can of worms that transpires, and the area um, that becomes the most complicated is the era of proof. You know, you don't have a camera that can say who's right, who's wrong, and, you know, I'm not, I, I wasn't there, you know, so I can't tell you, you know, um, but, I think that when you can prove it, which we know it's very, very difficult, then yes, you should be hit in the pocket. And that means that the person that was offended should definitely get the money, not necessarily in court fees, but, you know, she should definitely get what's due her, you know, whether it's um, finances or maybe something that needs to be taken care of, um, but definitely make sure that she is taken care of because she goes through a lot. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, let's say go- thank you for joining us today. Happy to have you on with us. Let's say good morning to our Minister Michelle. Good morning, Minister Michelle. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you all? <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> that's good, that's good Thank you so much for joining us today uh, Well, how do you weigh in on the Stealthing Act in, you know, in and of itself The, you know, how these two cases, you know, ended up working out And, you know, just pretty much what's your thought Yes, well, I was reading up on the two cases um, that you talked about in Germany as well as in uh, the Netherlands. And I'm happy that they did get to go to court about it and that there were some, there was some compensation. However, I feel like, as um, Elder said, when you go with the direct defini- definition of rape, it can, it's not, it, it is not rape. 
However, her civil rights had been violated. And I still feel that the penalty was really just not enough to send a message to men in general that this will not be accepted or tolerated because you are violating someone's rights. Mm -hmm. But it all goes back to me that I feel like women are still not being valued the way we should Mm -hmm. and looked at the way that we should. Um, Because if we were, they would put more weight on how serious this um, violation is to a woman. Not only is it violating, but it opens her up. She could be disease-rich. She could have any type of disease. She could have an unwanted pregnancy. All of these things can come out of that one act of him not of him removing the condom or not putting it on, whichever. And there are all these consequences that, at the end of the day, she would be facing. And I don't think that the courts are taking into consideration just how big this could be and how devastating this could be for a woman. And so the penalties definitely need to be raised in this situation. But I think that maybe a little bit of uh, jail time, just uh, even if it was just a month, the send a message, we're not going to tolerate that. 30 days in, 60 days in, because you need to understand you have put this woman in jeopardy and this is not acceptable for our women. You know, women have rights. Women have a say-so. You know, we're not in the dark ages where women didn't have it. They don't have a way to say anything. Oh, you don't have any say-so in this. So it's a good thing that these women brought it to the court. However, the courts all around the country, around the world, they need to step up and there need to be some laws changed because apparently this is happening a lot more than what one would think. And it needs to be seriously addressed and taken in serious consideration. Okay, okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for joining us today. I have another question, but before I do that, like I said, for those who listened on Friday, they did hear how the men um, felt about it, what their thoughts were. The only one we didn't have on Friday, actually, that's a part of our due time crew, is Pastor Jeff, who's on with us on Tuesday. So we want to give Pastor Jeff an opportunity to say, you know, what he he you know what he thinks. But before we do that, I want to add in that, you know, I looked up some some other <laughs> some other articles and so they talked about the man who or the men who actually do this and why. You know, why why is there a breach in this agreement? And pretty much they all have said one thing in common, and that's it feels better. It feels better when the gloves come off, if you will. And I'm going to continue that, but I'll, uh, I'll wait till after Pastor Jeff speaks. Let's say good morning to Pastor Jeff. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. 
Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm well, good. thank you. How you doing over there? Uh, trying to trying to get the kids to school. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for calling us during your busyness. So, what's your thought on this whole stealthing thing? The two cases that were cited, where it did make it to court, but with both cases, the prison side of it was kind of, you know, put away with, done away with. Nobody served any prison time, but they actually did have to pay a fee, which sounds like the fee went to the courts opposed to the victim. So what do you feel about the stealth in? What do you feel about the cases? Have at it. Okay. The, the stealth in, exactly what is that? I was, I, I've been listening, catching bits and pieces. Is that okay? They call that when he when he when he pulls off the condom. Right when they when they both have agreed to have sex, they both have agreed to wear this condom, and during the act, he removes the condom without her knowing. Okay. That's considered. Now you want to know. Okay, you want to know what I feel about that? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about that? It's it, it's totally wrong, and I mean I mean coming up as a young man, you know, and can remember doing stuff like that. But I remember women also pulling it off, you know, playing those games too. Um, you know, it's wrong. I mean, if if somebody agrees that they don't want no bottom fluids exchanging and all that, you know, it's wrong. And they shouldn't 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 do it, but people do do it. And I just think that women and men, when they go into having sex, you know, and we're not gonna deal with the fact of being married and not have, being married, all right. But when they go into that agreement, they also got to go in with their you know awake, with their eyes open, and realize that people will do stuff and play these games and all of that. It's a chance for all of that to happen during sex, you know, where the person will feel like, well, it's not really feeling that well, and I want it to feel better, and, they, you know, and they pull the condom off, and yes, it's wrong for them to do that, but know that they will do that, you know, that will happen. So we, I, you know, I just think that we should go in woke. Now, should the guy get penalized, then it should be vice versa, because like I said, I've had women do that. Okay, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Jeff. I, I, Pastor Jeff, wait, 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 wait. I, 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 I want to appreciate everything you have to say, but I want us to, I want us to stay on one track here. Well, let's stay on track. Let's talk about the cases at at hand. The two cases at hand were the men who took it off, and they had the prison side of it thrown out. But yet, all they had to do was pay a fee. It, again, it looks like to the court. Do you think that they should have been punished in any way? And if so, what do you think the punishment is? Because we do understand that stealthing happens from both sides. We do understand that that happens okay. from both sides, and I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about that as well. But for this particular moment, we're going to talk about the two cases and how those cases ended up. 
do you think they should have gotten time or no, or what do you think should have happened? I, I, I <laughs> that's a, that, that's a hard thing right there, uh, you know, for me to answer on that. Just trying to put myself in that position. Um, but, it, you know, stepping outside of this is easy to say, yeah, give him time because it ain't me, you know. But yeah, it, it, it's touchy Jesus. that because how do you, how do you prove that? That how do you you know how do you even uh, I I don't know. I just think when two people come together to have sex, they almost can agree for almost anything to happen, you know. So I, the prison side, I, I don't think so. Definitely not. Okay, I, 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 let's let's talk about the case that came up that that launched this particular article. So when you, because this this ambiguous issue has has come up before in our conversation also on Friday, where who's to say that you know she didn't agree, blah 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 blah, almost something like what you were just kind of with the vague area you were in. Let's make this very clear. This particular article starts with the fact that they were two people who consented to have sex, who consented to have a condom on. The, after the, after the, the, the occurrence, the next day he texts her and he says, well, I just want you to know that during the, during the act, I removed the condom, but you'll be okay. So we know factually that he did this intentionally. He let her know via text that he had done it. So there's no ambiguous, there's no vague, there's no question, no nothing. He intentionally did this and then came back and threw it in her face that he had done it. So there's no remorse, there's no apology, that they didn't come back and say, well, you know, I did it, but now, thinking about it, I don't think that was right, blah, 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 blah. So now, now that we've nailed this thing, that he knew exactly what he was doing and that it was intentional, what what does this say to you now? Does this say that he should have gotten a sentence? No. What what does this say now? It says he should have gotten a sentence. The, the idiot should have gotten a sentence. If, if it's clear cut like that, he should he should have gotten a, you know whatever they could do legally, they should have been able to do it. Okay, should and they there have been any? What'd you say? They should do it to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know they should they should actually give him thirty days. Teach him a lesson. Because evidently, you know, he deceived her. He wanted to deceive her. It was on purpose. The intent was there. You know, this is clear cut. Okay, okay. Should she get any compensation? Yeah. Yeah. Because she could have caught a disease. He could have gave her something. He could have got her pregnant. And all this was deliberate. That's clear cut right there. Okay. All righty. 
All right. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Don't don't leave us, you know, because I may want to come back to you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Hold on. Hold on. All righty. Uh, let's see if our pastor Charlotte. We we we're not gonna do a faith over fear today. We're gonna make this an open conversation. So we are going to say good morning to our pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well. Are you up on all of the facts? You you are, it's the same story no. from Friday. We didn't get you um, on Friday. We didn't get a chance for you to weigh in. But we're talking about that same case from Friday. Are you caught up on the on the facts? No. Okay. So you have a you have a gentleman and a woman. They both agree to have sex. They both agree to wear a condom. During the 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 time that they're having sex, he removes the condom. The next day, he sends her. She doesn't know clearly. So the next day. He sends her a text that says, well, while we were having sex, I removed the condom. I'm just letting you know, but you'll be okay. You'll be okay. So they go to court. This manages to make it to court. And the court says that it's not rape because clearly somebody brought up the fact that they thought she was raped. And the court says no because she actually agreed to have sex, so you don't consider that rape. However, the stealthing part, which is the part of the removal of the condom without the other your partner knowing, they say he was guilty of that. And they vacate the three-month sentence. So they sentence him to three months, but then they, they push that to the side. They throw that out. But they do mandate he pay about $1,100 in, in fines. They don't say where the fines go to. The fine go to the court, fine go to the woman. They don't say. So then they cite another case in Germany where a police officer did the same thing. They find him guilty, but they vacate his eight-month eight-month sentence, but they fine him about $3,300. Again, it's kind of vague as to whether this are, these are court fees or this is, you know, fee that's given to uh, the woman for her compensation. So I'm asking everyone how are they weighing in on, you know, this whole stealthing issue, you know, um, and should there be some type of sentencing if it makes it to court, and it should there be a fine that's given to the woman? Yes, I think that it should be because even though the three months or even the eight months, she's still going to be devastated because sometimes that you can get something down the road, even though she said yes, um, but the the you know the, the time the was time that we are supposed to be able to keep the condom on, condom and yes, she should get money as well. Okay, okay, okay. All righty. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Je- uh, Pastor Jeff. On Friday, when we spoke to the men, the men brought up the fact that if. The only way the woman should have been compensated 
was if she got burned. I'm going to put it like that. If she was burned, meaning whether she got an STD or whether she came up pregnant, that's the only way she should have gotten a fine paid to her or some level of compensation. Um, it was kind of back and forth at one point, and I'll say that because, you know, it, it started off, frankly, one way, and then after the lady spoke, then there was a slight shift, but not much of a shift, but I want to I wanna just kind of hold it there where Brother Al was the only one who kind of went in the way where Pastor Jeff went, that, okay, this, was, this, this is a deliberate act. It should be something that they pay for in a, some type of jail sentence, and they should, the women should be given compensation. But at the end of the day, the, uh, Pastor KL and Pastor Vinny felt that only if they got, you know, the woman was, you know, ended up pregnant or ended up with some kind of an STD that she should be compensated. Whether they changed, shifted, or whatever, that's that's where it was. And I want to ask, ask the ladies to weigh in on this. Tamika, you weighed in, but that's okay. Today's a new conversation. You can now weigh in on what you thought what, what you thought of those that response? Sh, you know, how do you feel that a man feels that there's no way you should be compensated unless you get burned, despite the fact that you breached the agreement? Well, a, a lot of times in court, things that happen um, and compensation transpires not just because of the thing, but we think about this thing you violated my trust. And so, you know, in in the act, you know, it, it took me a moment to decide as a female that you would be the person, you know, and then in the middle of that, you violated our agreement. You, avi- you violated my trust. And with that, you know, you should you should have to pay for that, you know, not just a slap on the hand, you know, something you should it, it should really occur to you how serious that is, you know. Um, and my thing is, it's not just the act, the physical, you know, uh, act of that, but the fact that I trusted you and you turned on me. You decided to do something entirely different than what we agreed on, you know, and with that with that in mind, then compensation compensation should transpire. Okay. Okay. Uh I'm looking here, I see Vivian has just has just joined us. So we're gonna add Vivian in on the back end of this here. So Viv, I'm coming to you. Um are you done, Lady Tamika? I am, yes. Okay, thank you. Minister Michelle, you know, the the, the thought um, from Pastor KL and Pastor Vinny was, okay, they should go to jail. Um, there should be a fine. I'm sorry. There should be a fine as long as the there was something that happened to her, you know, because of him taking off the condom. 
And at, at one point, I even think I heard something about parameters. You know, if if you, I guess maybe if you were a normal partner or a regular partner, let me put it like that, I'm sorry, a regular partner, or if this was a one-shot deal, that should make possibly a difference in whether, you know, this is something that's a violation or not or a breach of trust or you know, so I, that that was even kind of thrown out there. But what what's your thought on? Well, only if you get burned, you should be you know you should be compensated because you agreed to this in the beginning of the day. At the end of the day, you agreed to this. What's your thought? <laughs> I'm well. I'm really a little disturbed by the comment of only if the woman gets burned. I mean, really. Um, First of all, when she's with this man, that apparently she's had a relationship, she's in a relationship, which she, she's given him her trust. They're laying down together. She's expecting what they've agreed to. So after he calls back and he says, oh, by the way, I didn't do blah, 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 blah. The mental anguish, and this is where I'm kind of surprised, but then again I'm not because men really do not understand what it takes sometimes for women to get in that position of them going to give themselves to you. The mental anguish that comes behind all of that, that a woman goes through. Now she has to worry about, oh, my God, am I pregnant? Suppose she doesn't even want to have children or be pregnant at this time. Now she's concerned with worrying for the next two, three weeks, am I going to come up pregnant? Also, I can't believe that I was with this man. I thought that this man had some form of caring about me and wouldn't lie to me, but he clearly he's playing games and he did this to me. So now she's uh, there self-doubting herself of, well, my God, what kind of person did I choose? What am I, what's wrong with me? So now you're going with what's wrong with me, that I would choose somebody that would do all these things. So the mental anguish and all the questions that will begin to go through that woman's mind begins to plague her. And I don't think that a man should be saying, well, only if you're burned, you should be compensated. I think that because you breached this agreement, I should be compensated. Listen, they treat, when you do dogs bad, they will come after you for doing a dog bad. And if some people have gotten jail time, they've definitely gotten fines. So if you can be uh, given uh, a fine or some serious time or, you know, uh, for what you do to an animal, my God, are we women not worthy of compensation and to be looked at seriously that this was really a breach to us and this really is messing now with our psyche and that is causing us distress and stress. I don't, I don't see where this is anything to be really uh, debated. I mean, you have to be burned, really? No, that's uh-uh. that's not. I I can't go with that at all. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't. Okay, thank you, thank you, Pastor Charlene. What's your response to that? Okay, my thing is, you said yes, you was going to put the condom on. We agreed. Now you changed it and you took it off. And so now the guy thinks that because only way she should get something is if she get burnt. Well, here we go. I'm going to burn you in your pocket. 
So since it, it changed, so now my decision changed too. So therefore, that that so now she should say yes and get that money, regardless. And now who got who? I got you because I didn't get burnt, but I got your money. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's say good morning to Vivian. Good morning, Vivian. Good morning, how are you? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good, good. All right, so how are we weighing in on this, at this level? Well, you know, I took I took the condom off, and, you know, as long as you don't get burned, I shouldn't really have any, you know, I shouldn't have to deal with this after that. If you, I breached it. That's it. Whether you get burned, if you get burned, well, then, then, then yeah. But if not, now, nah, now, nah, don't bother me. I think it's. I think it was very disappointing to hear them say that, and I think it will be. I think it's unfair because, like the ladies have said, he walks away from this pretty much scot free, but she still has to deal with that mental anguish and whatever physical you know, health that will come or detriment of her health that will come after all of this, had he given her something or not, like she still has to deal with this after the court case is done. So I think that it's only fair that both of them should have to deal with this at the end of the day. Whether she's dealing with it mentally or he's dealing with it financially, both of them should have to deal with this because he ultimately made that decision. So why shouldn't he have to pay? That makes no sense. So after all of this, he walks away feeling good. And that makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. You made the decision. You caused all of this. Why shouldn't you have to pay? Okay, okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. We'll be back, Viv. We'll be back. Elton, I teach you. What's your response? Are you talking to the mute button, Elton, I teach you? Yeah, yes, I was. But I'm, um, okay. I, so I, I too am uh, very disappointed to hear that that was the perspective of um, of our brother. Um, immediately, what rose up in my heart was, well, "We're our our allies um, that would defend our honor and say that we deserve to be respected. We deserve to be respected. Where are our brothers that will stand up and say?" Um, that if you have not been given permission uh, to go further, to to do anything other than what we originally agreed to, then you should be held responsible. Uh, where is the um, protectors of, 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 of women that would rise up and say that this compensation is is more so about making him understand that she deserves to be respected, that that is the purpose of the penalty. The penalty is not for the purpose of, oh, let's just give her some money. And I guess I could imagine that, you know, the brother's perspective is simply, well, let's just, you know, just giving her money for the sake of giving her money. You know, what, what does that do? It's not that. It is symbolic. The giving her the money, as, Pastor, as um, Minister Michelle said, it is setting a message. It is saying to every man that comes behind this situation that you must respect women and we need allies we need brothers 
that will support us in saying that we deserve to be respected. To suggest that only if she got burned Mm -hmm. is to really suggest then that she actually, well, you said yes. And and, and I feel like I, you know, like I I think I I heard it stated also that, well, listen, when you agree to sex, you agree to, you know, anything that happens in sex. Huh? Mm -hmm. That is the mentality that allows for women to be raped. Because that same argument is used in court for college students who are walking outside with a miniskirt on. And if it's after 10 o'clock, it it has been stated that she deserves to be raped because she was outside. She was dressed Mm -hmm. provocatively and it was late. How dare someone get to say that? Where are our men? Where, Where are our allies that will stand up and say, no, you will not do that to a sister. You will not disrespect her. You will not dishonor her. We're all fathers. That would be okay for your daughter? Your daughter. If you have a daughter, you mean to tell me that as long as she's having sex with a man, she makes a a, a conscious decision to protect herself. And she's thinking that the person she's engaging with is respectful of her. He decides in the midst of the act to remove the condom without her consent and without her knowledge. And now your daughter is dealing with the fact that she is helpless. She was rendered helpless in that situation because she did not give consent. That's the mental anguish we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that that woman was rendered helpless. It doesn't feel good when someone steals from you. And you just sold her right to say no, to be protected. The same way you would feel if somebody took your wallet is how that woman felt when she laid down with you under one understanding and got up and found out that another thing has happened. She was violated. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That was, that's, you know, the time ran out on Friday. And that was the biggest question mark over my head that I did not get an opportunity to ask. <laughs> and I was really upset because I was like, I need to know if you take this stance. Because even when Pastor Jeff just said it, I was like, oh, well, when I agree to sex, that means that anything goes because I agree to sex. That's pretty much what they said on Friday. You know, don't don't be surprised at anything that we agree to ultimately. So I'm thinking we're going to have straight sex. But because anything goes, you know, right, if, 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 if somebody else decides to join the party, then I should be okay with that. If you decide to bust out some whip chains and handcuffs, listen, we're having sex. Anything goes. You know, that's, see, unfortunately, there's always a distinction between men and women. But let me, let let me just put this on, let me just put this out there. And I'm going to say this. I think my biggest disturbance was because we were talking to pastors. I'm, I'm laying it out. That there is what really took my breath away. Because in my head, I'm asking the same question as when I teach you put on the floor. Well, then where do we get any assistance here? If we can get the same response 
from our pastors, our Christian men, then what do we face with the actual sinful world? Because there's supposed to be a difference when I deal with an ungodly man and I deal with a godly man. There should be a distinct difference. Now, I will put out there that clearly <laughs> we all ain't arrived at the same spot despite the fact that, you know, we may be – hold on, man. I'm going to give you a chance to talk. Don't think that, you know, we're over here talking. We're going to give you a chance to talk. Yeah, I'm going to give you a chance to talk. That, you know, we all have not arrived. You know, some of us still do this. Some of us – still do that. Some of us still do this. Some of us still do that. So we all have not arrived to be delivered from, you know, all the things that we, you know, came into this Christianity with. So, you know, some of us still have weaknesses. I, I, I personally didn't see that as a weakness because no. here's, here's where my head went. My head went, so that would be good for your daughter. That's the same thing. I, that's what I said. We ran out of time, so I couldn't ask. So, being that we've got the opportunity to ask, let's, let's see if we get some answers. Let's, you know what? Let's take our Pastor Vinny first. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well this morning. Thank you. Is that Pastor Brenda in the background? Yes, it is. <laughs> Does she have a fire pan over your head? <laughs> let me, let, 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 <laughs> no, okay, good morning, no, Pastor no, Brenda no in the head. background. Good morning, Pastor Brenda. All good right, morning. Pastor Vinny. <laughs> you had your sound on Friday morning. We, you know, we let the ladies speak. When, you know, and you and Pastor Kale and Brother Al had a chance to come back. And you didn't shift very much. Okay. Um, and so we, the, the, the question on the table is, you, you expressed the way you felt about, you know, if this were, you know, a woman and, you know, she should get compensation. Elder Nitisha has put it on the floor. I put it on the floor. If this were your daughter, if this were your granddaughter, would that be the same mentality? Well, after um, after a healthy discussion with Pastor Brenda and and um, and really 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 thinking about it, you see, because when we get these questions, it's like on the spot. <laughs> it's on the spot. You got to come out with an answer, but. Um, she has really helped me to see, you know, uh, not just the other side, but how society uh, feels about women. And, 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 and see, this is, this is it's not my world. I've been married for 37 years. I've, I've been with the same lady for 40 years. And when, when we say that we have an agreement, it's because we have uh, – we have – Gone through the whole gambit of situations, and and I don't think that a lot of times when when um because we're I don't know one thing Brenda shared with me was that it's not just it doesn't matter if you're a couple you've been together for years or for one night it's a matter of trust 
It's a matter of trust. And if you can't trust somebody that you're going to open yourself up to, then, then, then what, what do we have here? Even if, even if the courts don't call it a crime, it is a crime. Okay. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, I haven't known, I haven't known Pastor Brenda for very long. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know Pastor Brenda at all. But the Pastor Brenda that I talked to, when I hung up that, from that broadcast on Friday, I said, I don't know if I want to live with Pastor Brenda if I were Pastor Vinny. <laughs> I'm going to be oh, straight yeah. up honest. I was like, uh, I don't know if he's going to sleep well at night because I don't think she's going to spare the answer. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm glad that you got some healthy conversation. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve my response for after Pastor K.L., um, thank you, Pastor Vinny. Let's say good morning to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. <laughs> what happened to all the praise the Lord? <laughs> I, I feel, I, I feel like she's on the up. cross. Actually, you <laughs> to remember me in paradise. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So after you've heard the lady, more ladies speak, and you know the the question has hit the floor. You know, what if this were your daughter? Would that be the same thought process if this came home to meet you in this manner? Um. Well, let me say that that one. I, I respect and I understand all the all the passion, you know, from the ladies from the ladies' side. Um, so I, I guess listening to them, it, it it would be different. It would be different. However, had I not listened to them, it would still stand the same for me. Mm-hmm. So, so they, they so, so they, they 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 did turn me a little bit, and and I say that. And, and I want to correct it. I said only if there were damages. I didn't well, say that's you what hurt. I said. If you, if it, that's what if I said. I didn't damages. say you. I and, said the same thing you I, said. And I said that because, ladies, you enjoyed the aftermath. You enjoyed the happy ending. And it was only because the man decided to call you to let you know what he has done. So had he not called you at all, you would have never known. You would have never had no mental anguish. You would have never known what was going on until or if there were damages or if you got pregnant. And if you got pregnant, he would then still be financially uh, responsible. So, so that's where I was. Are you there now? I'm, I'm, again, I understand the passion, so, I, so I'm more geared to, to, to the women because these are my sisters, and I understand their passion. However, again, if I never heard the passion from, from Elder Natisha, I'd still be where I, where I am. I'm just being so honest. So why does the passion, okay, so wait, I, I got a question. Why mm-hmm. does the passion shift mm-hmm. you opposed to the because simple it makes fact? You see it. 
it makes me see it from another side. When, when you ask me the question, you ask me from, from the male perspective. Now it makes me see it from the female perspective. That's why. Okay. I, 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 I'm a little lost. So, you know what? Okay. So, wait, wait, wait. I'm, cause I, I'm a little lost. I'm a little lost. Okay. Shanti, did you call it? Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, Shanti's hasn't spoken today because I'm lost. Now, now, any of you ladies can, you know, can you, can you, you know, I'm give Shanti's the thing. Maybe one of you can clarify this because this is clearly a man thing. Hold on a second. Good morning. <laughs> okay. Good morning. Real quick. It sounds like Pastor KL is saying the scenario he's he's trying to throw out there is if like let's say I agree to have sex with you and you ended up slipping the condom off without my consent without my knowledge and privately let's say right after the deed is done you say well you know I took the condom off and I'm like what that's crazy but you know what okay and I'm cool. You know, you let me know that and I'm cool. But then now that it's made public, now I'm going crazy. Does that make sense, Pastor Seth? No, I got what he's saying. I'm right, but that, but that but that's the scenario that he's throwing out as if that was the story. No, that's not where I'm unclear. But that, but that, that's what, well, that, that's, the, that's the scenario that, that he threw out, as if that, that was the story. Like, you told me privately and I was okay, but now that it's been made public, now I'm going to act like I'm in, I'm in all this distress, and now I want compensation for whatever. But when I let you know this privately, you was good. But now that it's made public, that that that's how he he's talking. But how do you respond? I, right, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't get that. I don't get that. I, yeah, that, that, I, that's I, what I, I heard. I don't no, know. No, no, right. I but that that's that's where my head goes with with the scenario. But as far as for me, what's what's very concerning for me along with what all of the women said is this is why men cannot rely on men to check them. Because mm-hmm. when a man does something and we've had it in this very ministry where when the when one of us women did something wrong, the other woman were quick to jump on them. Lovingly, godly, aggressively, but quick to jump on them. And when the men did something, everybody looking around like everybody's a dodo. And now the women always look crazy and sound aggressive because now the women not only have to check each other, but now check men. So where do the men go, especially the young men, where do they go now to get the godly correction? If the man has an issue with checking, with God checking him, with him checking himself, and for his peers to check him. Now, when the younger men need guidance, where do they go? To the, the women who sound and look overbearing? And that's all I, I continue to hear. So if another man is listening to this, who either is still living this type of lifestyle or who probably considered this, they would probably most likely hang up from this believing that they can do this and it would be okay. Minister Michelle, I'm going to give you an uh, – this is your – you're going to take the first leg on this round. You've heard what Pastor K.L. said. Pastor mm-hmm. Steph is confused. What would be your response? What's your response? I, I'm definitely confused. But the thing that I was trying to get to understand is he said, you know, you women like to have a happy ending. And it, to, to intimate <laughs> that um, if you have a happy ending, you should be all right. That's, that should make you feel all right. 
Well, no, my that's not what That's not what I well, said. Okay, tell me, hold on. Tell mm-hmm. Minister Michelle, hold on. So you said that's okay, not what, what you exactly? said. Clarify. Then, you, then repeat yourself for us, please. What, what, what I said is this. I said, y'all did the deed. I said, mm-hmm. you have the happy ending. So y'all did the deed. You were no wiser than him taking off the condom mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. he called you and said he took off mm-hmm. the condom. So at, at that mm-hmm. point, before that whole thing, you were fine. Every, everything was fine. Everything was wonderful. You were happy. You were at bliss. You know, and then, and then he, the man, called to tell you this, this is what he did. And, and this is where this stemmed from. I didn't, I didn't say, oh, you just had a happy No, no I didn't say all that. Okay, but you did say about <laughs> having a happy end. That don't make no big, make no big is, difference to me, but anyway. But who is to say it was a happy end? The woman didn't say she had a happy ending. It could be she didn't have a happy ending. Because it's not like there's always a Don Juan in the bed. So that to say that to make then make a price of tea in China. I don't get that. So happy ending or no happy ending, she was violated, period, because she was going to bed with one thing and it happened another way. So we can't just make an assumption, oh, she had that happy ending. I, I No. And I just feel like... You know, we are going back to some of these old ways of thinking. Men with women, if we've got to understand that women have a say. And if she got in the bed with the man and agreed we're going to have the condom on, it should have been respected, plain and simple. Now, if in the middle of it she said, okay, babe, you can take it off, then by all means. Do what you do. But if she did not say that, say that then keep that condom on. All righty. All righty. Uh, Pastor Charlene, what's your response to what Pastor KL said? I'm at all right. Right. <laughs> um, Okay, I get the piece when you said that he did not have to call her. To tell her, um, but just like everyone has said, where's the trust? I trust you to do what you said that you was going to do. So once you broke that, it doesn't matter because now you took it into a whole nother place because of the fact, like I say, yes, she could have gotten something. Yes, she could have got pregnant. But then what would you would have said when that comes to you as well? So it's not that it could have been good because let me tell y'all guys, just in case y'all didn't know, sometimes we know how to fake it and make they make you think it was great, okay? And it wasn't. I just wanted to put that out there as well. Um, like you did something and you ain't did nothing. But nevertheless, at the end of the story, <laughs> <laughs> that you still, <laughs> you still was wrong. You know, she, the man was still wrong. When I say you, I'm just saying men in general was still wrong because you made it seem that we were on the same page. So devastation is going to come out anyway, good, bad, indifference, whatever, because you lied. Because you lied. All right, so I feel you should have paid for it. No, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, that's still Pastor Charlotte talking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
All right, Vivian, how do you respond to yeah. Pastor I, f- I think that saying, had I not heard the passion, kind of negates you saying that you shifted. Because if you shifted, you shifted. Whatever the reason is, if there was a shift, there was no point in saying, had I not heard the passion of the ladies, then I would still be where I was on Friday. That kind of just negates everything. And whether she had a good time or not, whether she had a happy ending or not, these were, this was all under the understanding that you had on a condom. So had I not known during it that you took it off and at the end of it I was happy, quote, unquote, and I was good, the sex was great, but then you come and tell me, do you not expect there to be an upset? That makes no sense again. So because the sex was good and maybe I had a happy, a happy ending, I should be okay even after you tell me that you took off the condom without my consent and my knowledge. That's that's what I'm getting. It doesn't, like, whether she had a happy ending or not doesn't matter. What matters is that she took off the condom without her consent. So why are we bringing up the happy ending part? What does that matter? So she should be good because she had a happy ending. <laughs> Well, okay. Thanks, Vivian. Uh, Elton Atisha, it's on you. Um, I, I think I, I understand what Pastor K.L. is saying from the male perspective. Um, and, and I do think that, you know, I think the Bible gives us the remedy to understand and decode what he has said. And that is that as women, we are help me. And, and that's why he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor in the sight of the Lord. And it's because we are able to bring another perspective, another side. We're able to open their eyes to things that they may be narrow-minded to. When we listen to what the men have said, you know, the, the two that we've heard from, we're understanding that they can only identify it and understand it from that male perspective. And as Pastor KL pointed out, he's like, I'm hearing the passion of a woman, right? He identified myself or anyone else on here, but he's saying, I now hear how this impacts you all. But from my male limitation as being a male, there are some things I did not understand or take into consideration about this. And I think when we're honest, that is the same uh, limitation that we have also as women. And so I'm listening clearly to, to, to what I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to hear from our brothers in regards to being our, our allies. Um, I will address the fact that um, the idea, Pastor KL, of, you know, she not really being made aware of it until he confessed does not eliminate the fact that he betrayed her. A lie is a lie, whether it is a bold-faced lie or whether it is by omission. And the fact that they had a good time, if you come to my house and we eat, we die, we have a great time, we are laughing and everything, and you realize that I have emptied out your wallet, that all the cash you came in with you no longer have. Does that negate the fact that you just had a great time at my house? But does it also, does it, all, does it take away from the fact that you should be taking my behind the jail for grand arson, for grand um, theft? Oh, if you had over $1,000 or 2000 in in your wallet and I cleared out your wallet, you have every right to sue me. You have every right to take me uh, to, to court because, yes, 
I trusted you. I came to your home. I engaged with you. But I'll say this to women. Ladies, my grandmother always said to me, if you lay down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas. We have got to take accountability for who we're laying down with. There is an equation to trust. Trust is established by credibility, reliability, and finally, intimacy. And, and, and if all of those things are not in play, then we, shouldn't, we should not be laying down with them because that's when anything goes. If you're laying down with a dog, if you're laying down with someone you don't know, if you're laying down with someone who you've not established credibility, reliability uh, with them and then intimacy, then you don't know what you're going to get when you um, submit yourself in the most vulnerable position. And my brothers who are listening, please identify that that is the most vulnerable position that we can find ourselves in. And that is both of us, men and women. That is the most vulnerable position. Because if you don't want no kids, if your son is a football college hero headed and he's the salvation of the family and some woman takes off the condom and he impregnates her Mm -hmm. and destroys his future... How do we feel about this? So this is why we need our brothers and our men to be allies, because we deserve respect. And while we can understand it, Pastor Jeff, I think I heard you saying, right, talking about it both ways. I get the both ways. However, right now in this country, women, especially when it comes to sexual acts of violence, we, are, we don't get our due justice in court. We, we are not respected. That, that is a slap on the hand, and that does not stop another man from making that same decision. Your daughter, your sister, your mother, your cousin are all at risk for any man they lay down with who thinks that they have the right to violate any woman in your life when a court says, we're just going to give you a, a, an $1,100 fine. That puts every woman in your life at risk. Risk, yeah. All right. All righty. Tamika, we're going to grab you before you leave a body here. What say you in response to what we were just given from Pastor KL? I, I honestly believe that they answered um, based on how they genu- genuinely feel. You know, we as women, we're emotional. You know, and let's just be real. Before we get into that act, it's everything that we are that is entailed in that, the mental, the emotional, especially the emotional, because we are emotional creatures, you know. Even if it's just, you know, um, that one, we're we're being very open. Even if it's just that one uh, time, you know, for some women, you know, if that's what they do, even with that, there's some portion of themselves that they offer up, you know, and in that there is the emotional you know and so when she decides to do that again she's opening herself up to that and so when you in that act um decide outside of her that you're not going to to stick to the agreement you've caused a violation you know let's let's get a scenario note because i like to use illustrations so i prepare a meal for you you know, we're, we're, you're at my table, we're laughing, we're giggling, I prepared a meal, the meal is great. You know, then I text you later on and say, I spit in your food. I, I mean, like that real, you know, downright, you know. So now you realize 
I've been violated. You know, you don't know what kind of sicknesses I have. You don't know, you know, but that's the scenario that we feel, you know, because honestly, you violated the trust. I took upon myself to open up myself to you. And this is what I get, you know. And so I understand that you can only view it from your viewpoint because most of the time men act in the physical way. So they're looking at it from the from the physical perspective. And so that's where the issue transpires because we are entailing that mental, the emotional, the physical, you know. Um, and I don't think that they're looking at it the way that we view it, you know. It, it might just be a petty thing to them, but... You know, violating a, a trust is a huge thing because now at this point, I don't engage with you. And depending on the female, she may not engage at all with anyone else because that trust has been violated. And it takes her a moment to open herself up to anyone else because now she's fearful that every time that I open myself up, now I, 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 I see a violation. You know, we get it all the time in different signs, different ways, whether we're walking out and minding our own business, we're violated in, in expressions, in verbalizations with people. And so, unfortunately, in this world that we live in, we get the, you know, we get the, the, the brunt of it, and then the, our counterparts just get a slap on the hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to speak because some of you hang up when we finish the segment. So I'm not going to save this for the closing. I'm going to say this now. I've listened to what everybody has said. And when I said I was confused with Pastor Pastor KL's um, statement, Shantice didn't quite understand what I meant when I said I'm confused. Here's, Here's my problem. I don't want to look at it. And I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I have considered that men look at things very differently. And I say that all the time here on this broadcast. Men look at things very differently from women. When we enter into Christianity, there has to be a line that's drawn that then says, I only see this from a male's perspective and a female perspective. I constantly got a lot of flack when we were doing the, when I did the broadcast with the ladies only, because they, the, the women used to always say, you always start with the men, and you always get on us. And I used to say, no, I'm being honest. Women can be as wicked as the day is long. When the men have brought up, because Pastor Jeff brought it up today, uh, Brother Al brought it up on Friday, I think maybe even Pastor Kale and and uh, Pastor Vinny said it as well. You know, when women do the same thing, you're absolutely right. And that's why I wanted to make sure I made a distinction between, no, we're not talking about in general. Because let's speak frankly, when a woman says, I'm using pill, the pill, and she knows she's lying, she's just as wicked as the man who pulls the condom off. So there's no distinction for Stephanie. And when I, when I was in the world, I thought the way the world thought. And although the, 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 the reality is that men think very differently than women, I'm having a difficult time hearing that 
I understand because the passion that's coming from the women. So am I also hearing that if you, if Elder Tisha didn't speak as passionate as she did, then if the other women didn't speak as passionately, passionately as they did, that I wouldn't understand that I would still t- keep my stance at, well, you know what, we engage in and pretty much anything goes because at the end of the day, everybody got up, we signed, you know, everybody can now roll over and go to sleep because they didn't got their rocks off, or now you could go ahead and you can live your life because you know what, that was a one-night stand, and boy, was that one of the best times I've ever had. What difference does that make? How you get up and how it ends. And the ladies gave a very good, two very good scenarios about how everything was going well, and then at the end of the day you hear that something wasn't as well as you thought it was. I'm having a problem when my Christian brothers are saying this is okay because I'm hearing the passion. Because I'm having a problem, and I'm going to be honest, I'm having a problem, but you know, we really need to think, because I, I can understand they're coming from their perspective. Then what happens to the biblical perspective? Because what to, in, in, in my crazy way of thinking, if I'm in the world, then I think the way I think. But when I'm claiming Christ, am I not being Christ-like? Should I not think Christ-like? Did Christ make a distinction between men and female? I never heard that distinction. So if I'm talking to a bunch of men in the gym who are boxing, and ain't nobody in there claim Christ, then at, at, at every, from the beginning to the end, I'm going with, well, you know what, men going to be men, women going to be women. I don't want to hear women are emotional, because men run with that. We are very emotional, but I don't want to hear nobody say that. Not now, because men, are, again, that's what Pastor K.L. was saying at the end of the day. I agree. That's the way I took that. That's the way I took that. I took it where, you know, well, you know, since y'all are so emotional about this thing, that, you know, I'm going to, now it changed my mind. It shouldn't matter. So are you saying that if your daughter walked up to you and said, Dad, you know what? You know, we talked about my promise in future. You know, I was going to be a doctor, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm on my way to, you know, med school. But I just found out that I had a, you know, a sex with a guy who pulled the condom off. Is that going to be, is that going to shave how you feel, change how you feel? Because you just didn't say, Dad, I can't believe that guy's I don't think so, because if one of my girls walked through the door and said anything like that to me, I don't care how calm she was, I'm still going to feel the same way I feel. And it is disturbing. The stuff that I have heard is extremely disturbing coming from our men of, in Christ. Like I said, when I play the game, talking to a man in the world, anything goes. But when we're talking to our, uh, talking to our men who are in Christ, 
And now I got, okay, so I'm going to address what uh, uh, Pastor Vinny said. Well, you know, I'm, I'm caught off guard because I ain't know what to say pretty much, you know, because I was, I was put on the spot. What are we prepared for then? What are we prepared for? If somebody at the bus stop looks at us and says, you know what, I got to get this off my chest, and Lord knows it didn't happen. At the grocery store, at the clinic, I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm going here. To, I need to see my doctor. I ain't coming here for your problems. However, there are times when people walk right up on us, and they start saying stuff. We need to be ready to give that answer. And it needs to be a sound answer. Now, I, I will say that sometimes after we do talk, you know, it's like, okay, well, now I do see it from a different perspective. But to say that, you know, well, you know, I was, we caught off guard. Sometimes, no, we can't, we can't afford that. And here's why I'm telling you this. We got that on Friday. If there was a person who came through and heard this Friday's broadcast, but didn't hear that Pastor Brenda, Pastor Kale's wife, uh, 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 Lady Nicole, or any of these other women in, in these men's lives, these wives in these men's lives, had a real sit down. What were they left with? That's scary for Stephanie. That's scary for Pastor Stephanie. That's scary for me when I'm partnering with my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I have had to tell many a forum, listen, we can't walk off and leave these people thinking certain things. We've got to clarify this stuff. Sometimes we only got one time to make this mark, to nail this answer, to give the proper response. Are we going to be responsible for someone making the wrong move because? So I've heard everything. I've heard it from Friday, and I was left very disturbed on Friday, very disturbed. Now, I do understand that, you know, again, everybody's not where we need to be, and that's why I, I invited the men to come back today so that they could have you know, dare say, because, you know, Pastor Gail said, well, you don't let us in on Wednesdays, you know, and, and that's because w w unlike the women that pretty much, you know, we li they listen more often. The men don't come in on Wednesdays and listen. So, you know, I'm not going to have Shantice pick up the phone and I'll start calling everybody. It just happened to be they were on. I knew they were listening. The only one I didn't catch was Pastor Charlene because, Somehow or another, her phone was messed up, so we couldn't get her. But they listened, so I could grab them. So I said, you know what, to be fair, I'll invite everybody in to Wednesday so we can have this open conversation. And after all the women spoke, I, I, I'm, I'm, that, that stuff that I'm hearing is like, for, for, for Pastor Steph, it's disturbing. You know, and, I, and I'm, my prayer is that, the best things that were said today is received by our listeners because we're not just talking to Americans. Here's the problem. We're talking to other countries where men 
just, they walk all over the women. That's their nature. Now, with maybe Pastor KL, Pastor Jeff, Brother Al, Pastor Vinny, that's not their norm. But we, we are actually broadcasting in countries. That's their norm. These men respect their wives. We are airing in countries where the men ain't got, they ain't got nothing good for a wife, but you should be barefoot and pregnant. That's it. So how does this stuff fall when they hear this? It's not a contained issue. And this is why my concern is we be on point. We be on point, especially when we've had an opportunity to lay everybody out, you know, everybody gets their say, blah, 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 and to to to, to land here for even one person is concerning because, again, it's, you know, to each his own, you know, and, and this is a broadcast where everybody, you know, says what they need to say, say what they feel, and they're very honest, and I love how this, how this, this, this due time crew is candid, but we're we going to pray. We're going to pray, and, I'm, and I'm, we're going to say, we're going to say a quick prayer. We only got a couple of minutes, but we're, we're going to say, you know, a prayer nonetheless. Um, and I, I ask all of you to just hang on so you can be a part of the prayer. You know, I know, like I said, some of you stay on to the very end. Some of you um, hang up. Let's hold hands and hold hearts as we all go before the Lord this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you because you are you. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, because you are wonderful. You are great in all your ways, God. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for gathering your people here today, dear Heavenly Father. And my prayer, God, is that we are all meeting on your path, dear Heavenly Father, that we forget about whether we're a man, we forget about whether we're a woman, but that we think about we are claiming you and your son, dear Heavenly Father, that we will all be Christ-like, God. We are learning. We are growing, God. And my prayer, dear Heavenly Father, today, our prayer, dear Heavenly Father, today, is that we all meet on one accord. Your word says, how can two walk together if they don't agree? And, Lord, we're just grateful that this conversation took place, dear Heavenly Father. We're grateful that everyone has a mind that they can bring, and that everyone has a thought and a word, dear Heavenly Father. And, dear Heavenly Father, we are grateful because lives are transformed on this broadcast each and every day, God. It was just a week or two ago where there was a person who heard uh, the women speak and said, I need to change my life. I just got put over that line. There was something that was said that made me remember all the things that I was told and all the things that I had heard and that there was a sound word that was given that made me say yes to your will and yes to your way, God. And we're asking you today, dear Heavenly Father, that you continue to transform lives right here on this due time with Pastor Steph, God. We only have two hours a day, dear Heavenly Father, but we know that you can do anything with any amount of time, dear God. So whether it's us who are healed as, as messengers and as ministers, dear Heavenly Father, or if it's those who are changed who are on the receiving end, who don't say a word but just absorb everything, dear Heavenly Father, we pray, God, that you stay at the top of 
the focus, dear Heavenly Father, that you are at the top of the totem pole, God, that we would put ourselves on the side. Your word says that we would decrease, God, so that you would increase, dear Heavenly Father, and that you would get the glory out of our lives and out of the situations, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you, God, for just being able to sit and weigh out these things. We thank you, God, for the subsequent conversations that take place, dear Heavenly Father that allow an, a, a thought or an understanding or a concept to be shifted, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you, God, for surrounding us with people who can help uh, uh, us see a different perspective, God, because most times when we get on, we can get off with a whole new thought, dear Heavenly Father. But at the end of the day, God, we pray that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God, we are hidden in you, God, that we are trusting you, God, that we are leaning on you, God, that you make the difference to Heavenly Father. Even if our past, even if our past continues to come up in our lives, Heavenly Father, in today's moment, that you would still make the difference to Heavenly Father, that we would remember that we have you that care for us, God. And we thank you, God, for all the healing that's been done, dear Heavenly Father, for all the transparency that's been laid out, God, for all of the former lives and all of the former lifestyles and all of the former things that we've done, God, that now we can talk about it as it being our former life, God. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, today that if there's, if there's anything that has come across this table, God, that is not right in your eyes, that is not in or about you, God, is not of you, that you just turn the table, God, that every heart would be amenable, even if, no matter how right we feel we may we think we are, that there would be some shift here, God, including myself, dear Heavenly Father. I lay myself on your altar, God, as the host of this broadcast, dear Heavenly Father, that if there is anything you see in Stephanie, God, that you would shift it, that you would change it, God, I stand to be corrected by you, dear Heavenly Father. And if you are using your people to do so, God, I receive it today and every day, God. I thank you for this due time crew, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for the times that they just make a way to be on here, to be used, dear Heavenly Father. And, Lord, that we will continually open ourselves up so that we can be used and that at the end of the day we make a change and a difference in somebody's life, even if it's just one another here. So we thank you for who you have been in our life. Thank you for who you are in our life, God, and we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for what you will do in our lives. We love you, Lord, today, and we thank you, and we just lift your name on high, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thank you so much for all of you who have joined us today. We thank God for all of that you have put out today, and we ask God to continue to cover you through the rest of the day and give you a blessed day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.